You are listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. What do you look for in a leader? And do you have what it takes to be one? Understand the heart of true leadership in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We are uh, starting a brand new series entitled Unpopular. Everybody say unpopular. How many of you would like to be unpopular? Anybody? You know, it's not really that popular to be unpopular because I think everybody wants to be popular. Do you get what I mean? You know, how many of you are, are in social media like the Facebook? How many of you have a lot of friends in Facebook? Parang you feel good if you have a lot of friends. How do you feel if you don't have friends? Parang you're not popular. Parang ganon, and so we're, we're looking at this uh, topic on leadership for the next four weeks. Basically, we're taking this route that leadership is not about popularity. It's not a popularity contest. Uh, and uh, we, I guess we Filipinos are uh, into, uh, well, I guess uh, politics and elections. And so sometimes when we choose candidates, we base it on popularity. We base it on uh, more than the track record name recall. And uh, I do hope, you know, this is not really about an election message, uh, by the way. This is, we're going to be focusing on the examples of uh, Jesus Christ and how he laid out uh, some models and examples on leadership. In fact, let me just go and read our uh, objective for this week, or for this uh, series rather. It says, at the end of the series, our people will learn from the life of Jesus that leadership is not about aspiring for a position, but it is about aspiring to be someone who is worth following. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you consider yourself as a natural-born leader? Can you please raise your hand? leader Now, how many of you consider yourself as a follower? Okay. Now, how many of you, no matter what I ask, you will not raise your hand? Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is not a trick question because some of us maybe look at ourselves as natural leaders. You know, when, you know, uh, somebody once said, if you're, if you're walking and you see people following you, that's a natural leadership, okay? But uh, if you go and walk and nobody's following you, you're just taking a stroll, okay, in the park, maybe. So, uh, and that's not leadership. But I believe that in order for us to be great leaders, we also know how to become great followers. Now, talking about leadership, maybe some of you or maybe most of you are now aware of what's happening uh, in uh, our region here in Asia, particularly in North Korea. How many of you are uh, aware of what's happening that uh, the North Korean president, Kim Jong-un, who's barely 30 years old, basically declared war against Korea, North, uh, South Korea. And, um, you know, not sure what he's thinking about. Maybe he wanted to prove something to himself. Maybe he wanted to prove something to his constituents. Or maybe he wanted to prove something to the world that he is a strong leader. You know, it's kind of like, you know, in high school, parang di ba pag-ahawahang mga intenga, parang gano'n. You know, I'm not sure what he's thinking or if he's thinking. Uh, but somehow, you know, we have a very tense situation in the region. That, you know, we have, there, there's a new leader in North Korea. There's now a new president in South Korea who happens to be the first woman president in South Korea. Uh, China also has a new leader, brand new leader. And Japan also happens to have a, a new leader. And so, 
there's quite a bit of attention that's happening in the region. You know, in fact, last uh, Thursday, uh, we took the time to pray for that uh, here in the worship night, and also we took the time last Wednesday to pray for that also in our uh, Metro Manila staff meeting among the pastors and the staff. But because, you know, this is, you know, this is real, okay? And I realize that sometimes if leaders taste authority and taste power, and if they lack character, how many of you know that bad things can happen? But I do want to just present to us today that no matter who these kings are, if you look at the Bible, whether good kings or bad kings, ultimately they will align to the will of God. Amen. And then you see the you see in, in Egypt, for example, the Pharaoh, who happens to be a bad Pharaoh. How many of you know that even if it was a bad Pharaoh, he still has to submit and abide to the purpose and the will of God, ultimately. Amen. And there's no king, no leader of state, no uh, head of uh, any country would be able to malign ultimately the will of God because God's will will prevail, right? Now, uh, I do also uh, know that we're all aware that in, an, in, a, in a month's time, it's election time again, right? That's why uh, we need to really uh, take the time to study the, the different candidates, okay, uh, that we're going to be uh, voting for because, uh, you know, uh, leaders are very important. And, you know, you may consider yourself as a leader or you may consider yourself as a follower, but many times, you know, I, I, I heard this uh, particular saying that many times we get the leaders that we deserve as a people. And, you know, if depending on the, the, the purpose that we're ready for, and, you know, my, my prayer that during this time before the election while campaigning that our people actually learn how to choose the right candidates, okay? Um, don't worry, I'm not going to mention any candidates here today, okay? That's not our topic. But in Judges chapter 17, verse 6, it says, In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as he saw fit. Now, how many of you know that leaders are important? Because if there's no leaders, the tendency for the people is, magkakanya-kanya tayo. Kung ano trip mo, gawin mo. Parang ganun, di ba? Everyone did. Everybody say everyone. Everyone did as they saw fit. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes, depending on their conviction at that time. And, you know, during the period of Judges, when Joshua and that generation passed away, basically, the new generation that was raised up knew neither the Lord nor what He had done to Israel. That's why, you know, you know they actually sinned. And then they would repent, you know, once the enemy come in, and then they would be blessed again. And guess what? It's going to be a cycle of sin and blessing and repentance and oppression, and then again, sin, and then repentance, and then blessing again. But you know, I believe that God ultimately wants to establish His kingdom here on earth. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 13, I don't worry, this is just an introduction. Okay, this is not just, uh, still the main text. Uh, and the Lord sought out a man after His own heart and appointed him leader of his people. And sometimes when you look at leadership, you know, uh, God has a different criteria of leadership. And it's referring to David in this particular uh, account. Now, how many of you are familiar with the story of King David? About the shepherd boy uh, who was the youngest of uh, the family of Jesse. And, uh, you know, maybe in the natural, he's got no leadership potential. In fact, even the prophet Samuel was uh, kind of uh, leaning towards choosing the eldest uh, brother to become the next king of Israel because of his stature 
maybe because of his looks, and the uh, and Saul himself was a king who was ahead above the rest. Matangkad siya, siguro mga 6-310, parang ganun, di ba? He's got stature, not, you know, how many of you are above 6? Parang ganun, parang natural, ano, yes, John. Parang natural height, ganun, parang, you know, there's a stature, pag tumayo, parang, wow, matikon mo, parang ganun, di ba? And, and God always searches for leaders. God needs, you know, us to lead. And guess what? Ultimately, all of us are called to lead. Look at the person beside you. Tell that person, you are called to lead. Whether you like it or not. You know, part of the covenant of, uh, of God with us in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 13 is what? Can we all read this out loud? One, two, three. The Lord will make you the head and... Now, how many of you would like to be a tail? Wala naman, di ba? Gusto you know, I believe all of us wants to be the head, right? Don't worry, there's nothing wrong with being the head. You know, for example, if you go and line up, you know, you want to watch a movie, for example, you go to, uh, I don't know, maybe Mega Mall or uh, ATC, or maybe here, okay? And you saw a long line of uh, people lining up for this movie, uh, Sarah G, or whatever, okay? Sarah G. I. Joe, okay? <laughs> you know, and... Um, so there's a long line, you know, in a movie. And how many of you would rather stay at the back? Or would you rather be in front? How many of you would like to be in front? You know, why is that? Because it's, it's placed in us. In fact, if you look at the book of Genesis chapter 1, God called Adam and Eve to rule over creation. That's called leadership. It's natural for us to lead. We're, uh, we're, we're supposed to lead and be a good influence to people. And so today we're going to be studying how Jesus uh, led and uh, basically the example and the attitude of Christ so that we also can have the same attitude and same mind uh, as the Lord. Now, imagine with me for a moment, what if, you know, you're familiar, how many of you are familiar with the 12 disciples? You know, katapos na ano, di ba, Easter, so, you know, we study the, you know, the, the last days of Jesus on earth. And, you know, what if there's a uh, management consulting company during the time of Jesus? Okay, what if? And uh, this consulting company is evaluating the qualifications of the 12 apostles. Okay, so what if this is the consultation report that came out? Okay, so this management company is now giving a report to Jesus about the qualifications of his uh, candidates. Okay, so let us read together. Dear sir, okay, <laughs> just read along with your eyes as I read with my lips, okay? <laughs> All right, thank you. Dear sir, thank you for submitting the names of the 12 men you have chosen for management positions in your new organization. All of them have now taken our series of tests, and we have not only run the results through our computer, but also arranged personal interviews for each of them with our psychologist and vocational attitude consultant. The profiles of all tests are included, and you will want to study each of them carefully. As part of our service and for your guidance, we make some general comments. Much as an auditor will include general statements, this is given as a result of staff consultation and comes without any additional fee. It is the staff opinion that most of your nominees are lacking in background, 
education. How many of you agree with that? Many of them are fishermen. Okay. Uh, vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise you are undertaking. They do not have the team concept. We would recommend that you continue your search for persons of experience in managerial ability and proven capability. Simon Peter is emotionally unstable and given to fits of temper. Okay, so, inisa-isa yung mga disciples, diba? Andrew has absolutely no qualities of leadership and would surely stay in the background. The two brothers, James and John, sons of Zebedee, place personal interests above company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude that would tend to undermine morale. We feel it is our duty to tell you that Matthew has been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau, okay, being the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, definitely have radical leanings because they're zealots, and they both registered high on the manic depressive scale. One of the candidates, however, shows great potential. He is a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well, has a keen business mind, and has contact in high places. He is highly motivated, ambitious, and responsible, and we recommend Judas Iscariot as your accountant and right-hand man. All the other profiles are self-explanatory and will follow. We wish you every success in your new venture. Sincerely yours. Jordan Now, how many of you know that many times the ways of the world are so different from the ways of God? And you may look at the qualifications of the leaders that Jesus uh, chose in the first century, and if you are a CEO or maybe an HR head of a current company, you will never hire any of them, isn't it? They're not qualified for the job. But how many of you know that God looks more than the externals and He actually looks at the heart? Look at the person beside you. Tell that person, you are qualified. Yeah, alright. In Jesus' name. Yeah. <laughs> By faith. Yeah. Now why don't we all stand up right now? We're going to be reading from Philippians chapter 2. And uh, we are, I told you, it's just an introduction. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 7, and uh, we're going to be looking at the letter of Paul, but this is basically talking about Christ. Okay, number, uh, verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility. Everybody say in humility. Consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to what? To the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But made himself what? Nothing. From God to nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much for our time today, and we thank you for your spirit that is here with us, where two or three are gathered in your name. You are here in our midst, and we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Speak to your people today. Encourage us. We thank you, Lord God, that you will give us a vision uh, of leadership, and we thank you for the examples that Christ has laid, up, uh, laid out for us, Lord God, and we thank you that you'll also give us the same mind, the same attitude of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, Amen. You know, be seated. You know, culturally, when you talk about leadership, 
We would always tend to think that this is somebody who's the best, somebody who's the most, maybe the, the, the best communicator, the most influence, the most prominent, maybe the richest guy in the campus, maybe the, you know, maybe the guy who's got the most clout, maybe somebody who lived in a very influential place, maybe somebody who's got uh, you know, a, a nice family background. But you know, that is so far from the way Jesus looked at leadership. In fact, when Jesus was already leading and he came out at the age of 30 and doing his ministry, and he, when he was starting to minister, the leaders of the temple could not recognize the Messiah. They were so familiar with the prophecies. They were so familiar that somebody from the line of David would actually rule over Israel. And, you know, looking at Jesus, can this be him? You know, he's not somebody that will fit the profile of a leader. They'll probably expect somebody who's like a king or somebody who's rich or somebody from a prominent family, but a son of a carpenter? Son from Nazareth? That's thus the, the title unpopular. When you talk about unpopular, unpopular is unliked or hated or detested or shunned or basically not popular. Okay? And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be not popular. Personally. Now, how many of you would like to have some form of at least significance naman? Diba? Can you please raise your hand? Ako lang yun. Ako lang ba yun? You know, do you, how many of you would like to be an outcast? Can you please raise your hand? Nobody would like to be an outcast, right? You want to belong to a group, right? And so, nobody wants to be unpopular. But when it comes to leadership, when it comes to the way uh, you know, a leader thinks, or maybe the attitude of the heart, these are unpopular concepts. You know, even maybe modern management gurus would probably disagree with some of the things that Jesus has taught. You know, if we, if we were to take an SWS survey during that time, maybe Jesus would not land in the Magic 12 because of his qualifications. Jesus' background, for example, is he was the son of a carpenter. Second, he came from Nazareth. And they were asking, does anything come good? Good come from Nazareth. You know, I don't know which town or city Nazareth represents. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Does anything good come from Tondo? Parang ganon. I can say that because I came from there. Okay, by the way, I'm not, I'm not uh, demeaning that place. Okay, but growing up, my, my mom and dad took us out of Tondo and you know basically moved us here in Paranaque. So, so but you know somehow the Pharisees are and, and the leaders of the temple are saying, can anything good come out of that place, Nazareth? He picked a bunch of followers who are practically unimpressive and losers. And lastly, he died a criminal's death. And how did he die? Through what? Through crucifixion. The Roman Empire popularized that during their time. And, we, you know, nowadays when you have a cross, it's a fashion statement, right? I mean, people wear crosses, you know, on their earrings or maybe as necklaces or maybe as a bracelet. But, you know, during that time, a cross is a symbol of death. It's the equivalent of a uh, electric chair, okay? Or maybe a lethal injection. Can you imagine wearing uh, you know, a jewelry with an electric chair? 
you know, on your necklace, you know. What's that? It's an electric chair, you know. It's a fashion statement, you know. But nowadays, the cross is basically acceptable. We've embraced that. No longer is it used as a form of death or punishment, but now it's been accepted as a symbol of our faith. But here are some of my leadership thoughts about Jesus. Number one, Jesus is the greatest role model of leadership. How many of you agree with that? I mean, we see all the different models, different persons of leadership in the Bible and you know, outside the Bible. Maybe uh, modern day leaders, you know, from David to Solomon to uh, the Apostle Paul to uh, modern day leaders that we have. Uh, I can't think of them. maybe Steve Jobs or whatever. I, don't know. I can't think of anything okay? in, our, in our day and age. Okay, uh, maybe Pinoy or whatever. Okay, so but if you look at Jesus role and Jesus' example, He is by far the greatest role model of leadership. He's got a different approach. Secondly, leadership is not about titles and positions. It's about what? It's about influence. Everybody say influence. And you may not have a title, you may not have a position, but you can actually influence the people in your workplace. How many of you know that you are a leader? How many of you here are like bosses? You know, you, not, you're, you're not bossy, but you're, you're a boss. Okay? Maybe you own a company or maybe you're a manager. Can you please raise your hand? You have subordinates under you. Now, how many of you are employees? Okay? Uh, people in a department. You don't have subordinates under you. Can you please raise your hand? Okay, now how many of you don't have jobs? Okay, anyway, so don't raise your hand. Okay. Or maybe you're a student. You know, my case is this it does not matter whether you have a calling card that says President this, Vice President this, you know, your engineer this, or, you know, it's not about titles or positions, it's about influence. You know, my question there is are we good influence in our company? You know, if people know that you are a Christian, guess what? They're watching you. Somebody's watching me. They're watching you. They're watching your life. They're watching the way you, the way you speak, the way you treat people. They're watching you. They know, you know, if you took bond paper for the project of your daughter last Saturday, you know, you know they're watching you. And I hope that as, you know, Christian uh, men and women, that we will set good examples or influence in our workplace. You know, that, you know, one particular statement, for example, is, you know, that you come to work early and never late. Six o'clock, ahead of the janitor and the guard, okay? You're there, man. I'm serving the Lord, you know? You know, you're excited. You're full of purpose. You're full of vision. You want to serve. You, know, you want to glorify God. Yeah. And if you're like that person, guess what? It's contagious. And people are going to, wow, instead of, you know, you come to work in the office, Monday na naman. You know, you work like a zombie. You know, it's, you're dragging your feet. Monday na, I wish it was a Friday. Tuesday, ay, salamat, tapos malapit na yung Friday. Wednesday, konti na dog. 
Thursday, isang araw na lang. Friday, pwede na akong pahinga. You know, you know, did you work? You did not work. It's not a good influence. Because leadership is more than just titles and positions. It's about influence. You know, there's a, there's a TV show in, uh, in cable. Uh, that's the title is Undercover Boss. I mean, if you are familiar with that. You know, uh, there's this show in, in the U.S. It's, it, the title is Undercover Boss. And the CEO of the company would normally disguise themselves and pretend that they're part of the staff. Because ultimately, they want to find out what the people are feeling, how they work, you know, what's the condition of the, the company that they're in. And so, you know, many of them are not recognized by the staff. And they would actually pretend to have a different name. If they have beard, you know, they would shave their beard. And they would actually put on a different disguise or whatever. And so, but at the same time, they're learning and they're influencing others. And, and you know, it's not about a title or a position. It's about somebody who's able to influence other people. And you may actually look at yourself as somebody who's very introvert, you know. You barely talk. You know, pastor, I don't want to talk here. That's influence. Kabihan mo madaldal para ma-influence mo. And you may influence somebody in the way you communicate or you may influence somebody in the way you do Instagram. How many of you know that's influence? You post a picture of a food that you ate. You know, one of my, one of my staff actually posted a picture of Bagnet 80 uh, something, 6 or whatever. A picture of Wow, okay. Couldn't describe it. Sinigang na bagnet or whatever. Okay, so I saw it, never talked to the guy, but somehow I was influenced in wanting to go to this place and try it out. How many of you know that is leadership? You don't even have to open your mouth, but you're influencing other people. That's why we need to be very careful of what we post on the internet. What we post on Facebook or Twitter. Sometimes, you know, you post just stupid things. Sorry for the word. On Twitter, you know, just hanging out. Nothing to do, bumming around. <laughs> and you're the boss of your company. <laughs> and your staff are reading, look, si boss walang ginagawa. Let's also bum around. <laughs> because Wendy's lang yan. You know what Wendy's is? When the cat is away, the mouse will play. That's Wendy's. So leadership is not about titles and positions. Leadership starts at the heart of service and humility. And that's the example of Christ. We're going to be looking at this in detail in the next two weeks. And then last is leadership. Servant leader. I'm not going to end yet, okay? Don't worry. Uh, servant leadership will require sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. And you know, servant leadership is the only model of leadership that Jesus espouses. By the way. You know, and you look at the example of Christ, it's just total opposite of what the world is teaching. In fact, if you look at the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is a paradox of sorts. Whoever wants to be the first will be, should be the last. And whoever is last will be the first. If you want to be the greatest, you must be the servant of all. 
You know, if somebody wrongs you, you turn the other cheek. You know, you, you don't understand, but somehow Jesus is teaching an opposite way of management and leadership. And normally when you talk about servant leadership, it's about sacrifice. Typical leaders nowadays, they actually use their position, their power, their authority, and they establish you know, rulership over an organization through rules and regulations. But a biblical leader is somebody who serves and sacrifices to the good of others. So what is the servant leader attitude? Very simple. Okay? Servant leader attitude is found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. Okay? It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. In other words, the world's way is self. It's advancing one's uh, agenda or ambition. But Christ's way is found in verse 5. It says, Have have this mind uh, among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. And this is the mind of Christ. You know, self-promotion versus you know, promoting the, the gospel or, or Jesus Christ himself. Just to give us a quick comparison, the world's way of thinking or the wrong attitude versus the word way or the Bible's way of thinking or having the right attitude. The world's way is what? Self-ambition. We just saw that in the, in the verse. Self-ambition. Now, how many of you have an ambition? Can you please raise your hand? It's not bad to have an ambition. It depends on what ambition you have. Okay? What's bad is the selfish ambition. And normally, selfish ambition is an ambition at the expense of other people. Here you are, you want to climb the ladder of success, maybe in your company or maybe in your department, and what you do is you backbite on the others. You bring down people. You have a crap mentality. You know how many of you are familiar with the whack-a-mole game? You know, you go to a... You go to a you know, uh, an arcade. What is arcade Glicos, Tom's World, or whatever. Okay, and you find this table. Familiar with this? And there are like five or seven holes there. And there's this mole that goes out one at a time. And you have a hammer. You know what the game is? And what's the object of the game? When a mole pops up, boom! And you kind of do like that in your department. If there's somebody who's good, boom! You know, sisiraan mo siya. You see bad things about this person. Make sure that nobody will actually be better than you. Selfish ambition. But the right way is consider others better than yourself. Okay? The world's way is vain conceit or what? Pride. Now, how many of you are humble here? Can you please raise your hand? How many of you are proud to be humble? Anybody? <laughs> What's a vain conceit? You stand there and you feel that everybody is a loser and you're the best. Lord, thank you that you did not make me like this idiot or something like that. 
I am better than him. Or I am better than her. Here you are, you know, you're, you're so conceited with your accomplishments, with your background. You don't even acknowledge that it all came from God anyway. It's ultimately, this is vanity. You know, you can't take them with you. You know, when we were growing up, me and my brother, uh, Bernard, uh, we, we love the game of Monopoly. How many of you are familiar with Monopoly? And so growing up, we would play Monopoly for days, not for hours. For days. Literally. Okay? So when we would play one day, and then what we would do at the end of the night, we would actually park the Monopoly board under our beds. And the object of the Monopoly is simple. To acquire all the assets or properties and to make your opponent bankrupt or even the bank bankrupt. And, you know, I want to be good at that game. So, you know, one day, you know, Lamang si Bernard, the next day, babawi ako, you know. You know, when we come home from school, it's Monopoly time. So we would play the game. Our only break is dinner time. And then we would play the game again. And it's time to sleep. We would park the Monopoly under the bed. Sleep, go to school, play Monopoly again. And sometimes it would, you know, it would take days for us to determine who the winner is. But guess what? After we play the game, whether it's me who won and I made everybody bankrupt, or maybe Bernard won, made everybody bankrupt, guess what? Everything will go back into the box again. It doesn't matter who won. All the pieces and all the property will go back in the box. You know that is the same with life. Sometimes, you know, you work so hard, you accumulate this, you accumulate that, you know, guess what? At the end of your day, you will go into your box. And you can never carry any of this thing down to your grave. It's all vain conceit. Selfish ambition. What does it profit for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? But what is required, aside, you know, instead of conceit, humility, humbling ourselves. And we're going to dig deeper into this in the next few weeks. A wrong upbringing, maybe that's one factor why you have this mindset. But we need to have the right thinking, which is basically the Word of God, renewing our mind. Worldly influence is another factor why people think this way. Maybe you have a bad model. Maybe your friends, your family members, maybe your boss has his way of influence in your life. But we need godly influence as well. How do we overcome that? Through godly influence. Okay? Negative experience is another factor of world thinking. Okay? I'm just going to go a little bit fast. Okay? And uh, godly counsel is needed on the other side. In other words, just to summarize... The world's way of thinking is the question becomes, what's in it for me? That's the world's way. When you lead, you know, if, it seems like if there's nothing that I can get in, uh, from you, then I, I, don't, I don't need you. But the, world, the world's way is, what's in it for you? Another way to say it is, the world's way of thinking what can I get from you? The word's way of thinking is, what can I give to you? Total opposite. 
You know, Christ rejected any entitlement of the Son of God. He was the Son of God. He could have turned these stones to become bread. Can you imagine he was fasting in Matthew 4, Luke 4, and the enemy was a devil, was tempting him. If you are the Son of God, turn these stones to become bread. You know, he could have, oh, sige na nga, oh, to sayo. But, you know, I don't know, if I was Jesus, maybe just to prove to the devil I am Lord, oh, to sayo. But no, he did not use his sonship or his God, Godship in turning the stones to become, in fact, he could have actually told the devil, scrap, beat it, you know, get out of here. But he said, it is written, man is not living that alone. Not any entitlement. He was so humble. You know, a job counselor was a successful job counselor who actually helped countless of people find successful jobs, was interviewed. And he was asked, what's the secret of you helping other people find their, their, their success in, in their careers? And this is what he said. If you want to find out what a worker is really like, don't give him responsibilities. Give him privileges. Most people can handle responsibilities if you pay them enough. But it takes a real leader to handle privileges. Because many times, if you don't have the character, once you start tasting the perks and the privileges, many times, you change. But a real leader, no matter what kind of perks or privilege there are, he will be on the right course of leadership. You know, one of our pastors in uh, Every Nation, uh, Nashville, his name is Pastor Kevin York. And uh, our church has a parking space. And he's practiced every single day is to park at the worst parking space in the church. You know, there ought to be like, there, there should be like a reserved parking for staff. And you know how it is, right? In some companies, okay, this parking space is for the CEO, the president, the EVP, the president, uh, the, the you know, assistant vice president, the pleasurer, the janitor, or whatever. So, so, and down the line, so it depends on your value in the company. But the senior pastor, the head of the, of the church, would park at the farthest place of the church building and walk. And Pastor Stephen, he actually became part of that church. He said, oh, this guy is not. So what he did was he would race with Pastor Kevin. Unahan sila sa worst parking spot. Every day. And guess what? It became a culture among the staff and the pastors that all the pastors and the staff now are parking in the worst places already. Why is that? To be able to serve and give the best parking spaces to the people in the church. That is serving. That is having, you know, uh, the mind of Christ. Amen? Unfortunately, in, in Festival Mall, we cannot give you a your reserve parking. You have to pay for your own parking, right? There's no free parking, even the pastors and the staff. We pay for our parking. Anyway. So, uh, Abraham Lincoln says, Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Normally, people change when they start tasting the purpose of Power. I've got the power. Authority. People change. Attitude basically is a subtle way of thinking or feeling about something or someone, typically reflecting the person's behavior. That's why attitude is so important because attitude ultimately determines the behavior of a leader. And what we were talking about is the attitude of Christ. To give a summary, our action is determined by our attitude. Our attitude is dictated by how we think. 
our thinking is fed by what we believe. That's why the scripture we read earlier is, we ought to have the mind of Christ. If you want to be a godly leader, and guess what? You are a leader. It's just a choice between being godly and being a leader of the world. And I hope that we are all desiring to be godly leaders. Then we have to have the mind and the attitude of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind. As I come to a close, how do we have the mind of Christ? Very simple. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of the world. The world is a pattern. The world has a world's way of leadership. They have their own worldly standard of getting on top, leading people, top-down, being dominant, controlling attitude, abusing people. But having the mind of Christ, serving people, humility is required. Sacrificing. Considering others better than yourself. And if this is only done by us renewing our mind, because it does not make sense. I mean, you may be a graduate of MBA in AIM or maybe in Harvard School or whatever, in Laguna. I don't know what business school you came from, but sometimes it does not make sense because the ways of the world are so opposite from the ways of God. Thus, we need to renew our mind. Then you will be what? Able to test and approve what? God's will is, and we know this, the will of God is always good, pleasing, and perfect. How many of you would like to be in the perfect will of God? And we, we like this, but we need, to, we, need, we need to walk in it. We need to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Guess what? You can never have the mind of Christ if you don't have a relationship with Him. It all boils down to giving your life to the Lordship of Christ. And really putting your trust in what He did on the cross. Thus, is the only way for us to be able to start having the mind of Christ. We cannot try to copy or mimic you know, what Christ did. We don't have the power to do that. Only Jesus has the power to change us from inside out. In order for us to be able to change our mindset, we first need to have a change of the main point I want to share as I come to a close is having a Christ-like attitude gives us the inspiration to lead others. My prayer is that we will all realize that no matter where you are in your role in your life, whether you are a parent, guess what? You're leading your children. If you're a husband, you're leading your wife. If you're a peer, maybe a friend, you're leading somebody. You are still somebody that another person is following. All of us are people of influence. They say that in your lifetime, you are, on the average, you are going to influence at least 10,000 people. And I think with the advent of the internet, Facebook, social media, that number is probably higher now. Probably in the 50,000s or maybe in the 100,000s. 
So ultimately, let's all submit ourselves to God because I believe God wants to use us to be great influence. We hope you were inspired by that message. To learn more about leadership, we encourage you to join a Victory Group today. Visit and inquire at the Concierge, or simply request for one at www.victoryalabang.org, or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Thank you, and stay connected.